Good to see all of you. Good to see the Webbers. I see their family is reducing. And when they, you know, it's something about a family after a while. It, 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 well, at first it starts to grow, and then it shrinks. <laughs> That's why we need to really give some attention to our companion. Amen. I don't know if you ever thought about it or not. My wife's talking about love. I don't know if I'm going to preach today or I may just talk. But my wife was talking about love. You've got, you, there's one thing that's necessary. You need to learn to love your companion, your spouse, more than you do your children. Now, somebody said, well, the children have that, and the children this, and the children that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but before the children came, who was there? And after the children leave, who is there? You see, we have them for just a little while. As one old preacher said, the Lord just loaned them to us for a little while. And they go and make their own family. A lot of mistakes people make, they, uh, they, they center their home around their children. Forget it. They're leaving. <laughs> They're gone. But who's left? Just me and my wife. And you know what? It's wonderful to grow old together. Amen. Now, some of you may not understand this, but my wife and I enjoy being together. It's not, <laughs> I, when we were traveling in our motorhome, right, we'd stop various places and Someone to come along and say, well, how long you been on the road? How long you been in the motorhome? And I'd tell them. Say, man, I couldn't stay that long in, with my wife or my husband. <laughs> Pooped up in a little place like that. Well, you see, sometimes it takes sacrifice. Sometimes it takes some doing most of our marital problems now I don't know why I'm talking like this but you maybe do most of our <laughs> most of our marital problems comes from just plain selfishness refusing to sacrifice my wife said this, just you believe it just yesterday I told her how much I appreciated living with her. She said, I appreciate living with you. said, we understand one another. That's right. You've got to understand one another and accept one another. If you don't ever understand one another and never accept anyone or the other, and don't ever get rid of your selfishness, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So don't count on your children. They're leaving. 
and uh, you may shake your head whenever they choose a companion, but that's the one they have to live with. That's like when when my older sister was married. She's nine years older than I, and so I was a just a young boy, and she brought her husband around. They had went off and got married, and she brought her husband around. And uh, she said, Wendell, I want you to meet uh, your brother-in-law and my husband, George. I looked up at him a little while. <laughs> okay. She said, is that all you've got to say? I said, well, you've got to live with him. So you want to remember that when you're looking for one, you've got to live with them. And that's not just a um, program or a ritual that you're going through when you say forsaking all others. For better and for worse, for better and worse. Praise the Lord. Until death do us part. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here. Good to be in the, feel the worship. You know, the Bible said, you know, I, I have a text, I'm, but I'm just, Pastor Bo told me to do just what I want to do, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Incidentally, he called this morning just before, well, a little before we came. He said, just want to check with you, Elder, and make sure you're going to be there. I said, no, I'm not going to make it this morning. <laughs> he said, well, <laughs> he said, what are you going to do? I said, well, just let it unfold. He said, it'll ravel out. <laughs> Oh, it's good to be here, but I was going to say I appreciated your worship. But Jesus said in John, the fourth chapter, that's not my text. Don't, you, you can look it up, but that's not my text. John, the fourth chapter, he's talking to the woman at the well, and he said, uh, the time shall come, and now is. When the true worshipers, you ever wonder who they were? You ever get to wonder, worshiping, and look around and wonder, say, well, wonder which ones are the true ones and which ones are not. Because sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. But the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Worship him in spirit and truth, and the Father seeketh such to serve him. <laughs> True worship comes from down here. True worship comes regardless of outside conditions. Amen. Some people worship when things are going good. Some thing is, uh, when things aren't going good, they look like they've been baptized in green persimmon juice. But uh, the true worshipers 
regardless of what's going on. It comes from down inside, and there's a difference. If you'll stand with me, let's turn to the book of Hebrews. I don't have a watch this morning, left my phone at home, and my clock is on my phone, so we may be, we, I may not have, we may not have to come back here tonight. Yeah. We may just have, you know, used to be we didn't worry about what time we got out. Amen. And you know what? I'm not worried about it today. But I do know one thing. The mind can only conceive what the seat can endure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hebrews, first chapter. <clears throat> and the first verse. Can you find it? All right. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Uh, I want to use this morning, he hath in these last days. I want to talk to you about these last. Brother Weber, would you ask God to bless this? Amen. You may be seated. Do you ever wonder why? Traditionally, we ask someone else to pray over this. Because then if it goes wrong, blame it on him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's, it is good to be here. But I want to talk to you about these last days. And there are several scriptures. A lot of times, a lot of times talking about the last days. We think about something down the line. We think something about something way off somewhere uh, in the future. But we don't think about now. We don't think about so much where we are now. It's like uh, uh, you get used to your surroundings and someone comes around and they say, oh, this is such a nice place. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is where I live. And you don't think about it. But he said, in the last days, in these last days, he said that, uh, uh, and so there are several scriptures in the Bible that speak of the last days. If you'll go back into the book of Genesis, you'll find that uh, uh, Jacob, when he was about to pass off the scene, he was about to uh, die. He called his sons together. He called all 12 of the men. And it was quite interesting what all he said to them. But uh, in Genesis, the 49th chapter, in the first verse, he said, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you 
in the last days. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And he, of course, was talking to the future. But when we realize who he's talking to, he's talking to the foundation of not only the Old Testament, but foundation of the church. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And uh, so what he was telling these 12 men that was going to befall them was not just what was going to happen in uh, their life and what was in their future, but uh, uh, he was uh, realizing he was the God of Israel and uh, he was, uh, Israel was God's chosen people. He, uh, he was uh, uh, talking about things that was going to happen to Israel. But we can also stretch it on forth. He was also talking about Zion, the New Testament church of things that were going to happen in, the, in their lives. And we find in the, there's a lot of prophecy about the last days. Isaiah prophesied about the last, last days. Micah prophesied about the last days. And one prophecy in particular, they, they both prophesied the same. And it was that uh, uh, in the last days it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall, shall go and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He, he, the prophecy here was, and I'm not a prophecy preacher. I just read it and then look at it and see what I find in it. And, and, and it uh, uh, but uh, he, he, here he's saying that in the last days, it won't just be Israel. It will, see, Israel was the people of the Old Testament church. He, they were God's people. They weren't God's children. They were God's people. And so it wasn't just talking to, Jacob wasn't just talking to his 12. He wasn't just talking about Israel. He was talking about the church of the future. He was talking about what was down the way. And in the last days, he said, all nations shall flow into it. Not just a certain people, but it, it won't make any difference of your nationality. It won't make any difference of the language that you speak. It won't make any difference of, the of your status in life. When this comes to pass, all nations will flow into it. Now, uh, I guess the old 
Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't remember this scripture because I remember when Jesus went in and he sat down with publicans and sinners and they said, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But uh, this wasn't just for a few. If you'll remember in the book of Revelation, it uh, spoke there of uh, uh, 144,000 that received the mark or seal of God in their forehead. And John was looking at it, and uh, it said, after this, after this, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about this because we get real crossed up here. But after this, there was a multitude that could not be numbered. And they were dressed in white robes. And he was asked, who are these? He said, thou knowest. He said, these are they that came out of great tribulation. Now, he didn't say the great tribulation. A lot of people have put that on it, but these came out of great tribulation. And I'm not, you see, uh, the scripture tells us that uh, with much tribulation we enter into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And it's not hard for some of you that have been around a while to know that uh, there is some tribulation that comes with this. There's some hardships and there's some, but uh, you see, Micah and Isaiah lived at the same time, prophesied the same prophecy, and uh, they uh, they were speaking of today, where you and I live, and uh, in Acts, the uh, second chapter, seventeenth verse, Peter talking, he's. Uh, Quoting from Joel, he said, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and uh, uh, your old, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So now if you're wondering if you're an old person or a young person, it depends on whether you're dreaming awake or, or asleep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, uh, but you see, he said that there's coming a time that everyone, and I'm thankful for that. You see, there was a time that the apostles told the, uh, that uh, rebuked Peter because of uh, him going down in the 10th chapter of Acts and uh, being in the house of Cornelius. And they began to rebuke him because he had gone into a Gentile's house. And, and Peter began to talk to him and he, he began to tell him his testimony. And he said, now listen to me. He said, I went down there. He said, I was fasting and I was praying. And I saw a vision. 
and a sheet coming down, and in it was all manner of beasts and creeping things and unclean things. And he said, I said, not so, Lord. He, he told me, he said, Lord, Peter, rise and eat. He said, not so, Lord. Nothing unclean, common or unclean, has entered into my mouth. And he said, this happened three times. But he said, about the time I woke up, the knock came to the door, and there were some Jews telling me, or some Gentiles down there telling me to come uh, over to their house that their, their master had seen a vision. He said, I went down there, and I began to talk to him, and, and while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell upon them as he did on us in the beginning. They said, well, wait a minute. Maybe the Lord is reaching out to the Gentiles. The Lord has granted the Gentiles repentance. I'm so thankful today that he did. Where would we be today if he hadn't granted unto us repentance? You see, repentance is not something we just say, I'm going to do. You, uh, sometimes when we're looking on and it, it, it seems so easy, and uh, I don't know, I've never been in Brazil. Brother Weber's been down in Brazil, and, but I've been in other foreign countries, and I've watched the people there. And, and, and sometimes when we see uh, uh, the uh, slides and the rep we hear the reports, we think, my, over there, it just happens. It just falls on all of them. Well, you can believe that if you want to, but repentance is not something we just decide we're on the moment we're going to do. He said, God has granted. It's a gift from God, as well as the Holy Ghost. It's part of it. You see, being born again is not just talking in tongues. It's repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name. Infilling of the Holy Ghost. And if God is not in it, nothing. Except the Lord build the house. They that build it labor in vain. Except the Lord keep the city. We get, we, I'm telling you, it's so easy in these last days to forget that this is the Lord's business. A while ago when Brother Clanton was talking about uh, what things that we had done here and we're, we appreciate your faithfulness and continuing on and we, uh, we do love and appreciate the work here because there, we put a lot of work into it. But when he said what all Brother Myers had done, I looked at Brother Weber and I said, I'm glad to find out that I did that. I thought the Lord did. Because <laughs> you see, without the Lord, I see. <laughs> now you you bear with me a little. Now, as you know, this is not the first time we tried building the church, and not the first church that we built. But the Lord was in it, and all of that. But I, I, I see people all the time that said, "Well, I feel the call." And I'm, I, I, I'm feel the preaching.
preach. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going out. And so they go and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Put a lot of work into it. Work hard. But you see, if God is not in it, See, there is a will of God, there's a time of God, and there's a work of God, and God has to be in it. God has to grant repentance. God has to give the Holy Ghost. We can't just say, uh, I'm, uh, one day I'm, I'm going down and uh, I'm going to repent today, and I'm I'm going to get whatever it is that they have down there. I'm just going down and get it. In fact, there was one fellow in the Bible that when he saw the apostles, he said, hey, wait a minute. He said, man, I'll give you big bucks if you'll tell me how to do that. <laughs> Peter looked at him and he said, you, your money perished with you. And all he did was rebuke him because he said, wait a minute. This doesn't come that way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you see, we're talking about the last days. And I'm sure that when Isaiah and Micah and all of these were talking, they were talking about the church that Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. see, this thing has got to be built on a solid foundation. And unless God's in it, you're building on the sand. Praise the Lord. And so, you see, he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Paul said it's going to be a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Now, I'm thankful that God looks at the heart. We look at the outward appearance. And I'm, I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I'm not in this and running this race according to your expectations. I'm doing this according to God. You see, look what, he, look what he's doing. When you look back a little and you see where you were and what you were, when he began to woo you and he began to call you and he began to bring you in, It wasn't anything you did. Because I don't know of one of us that merited what we have. Praise the Lord. And so, you see, when God began to talk to you and woo you, and you look where you, you see where you were. And some of you have been around here long enough that if you'll remember, you'll remember when I say this, and I've said it many times, if I live next door, now live next door to me, that was before 
He lived next door to the me that was before I came in. I wonder what kind of a chance I'd had. Now, did you understand what I'm talking about? If the me now lived ne next door to the me then, what kind of a chance would I have? Someone said here a while back, it said, I don't, I don't know who it was that coined the phrase, but I like it. They said, when preachers aren't winning souls, they're fighting. Praise the Lord. If they're not fishing, they're fighting. I thought that's the kind of way I was when before I got in here. But uh, now that I'm in, I want to spend my time fishing. See, the reason, the reason some of you are here, well, because all of us are here, is because someone was fishing. Someone had cast in the bait, had cast in the lure, and we took it, and we were reeled in. Lord, so, and some of us, while we were being reeled in, did a little fight. But I'd rather fish than fight. Praise the Lord. You'll have to go and learn what that means. But uh, you see, he's going to present. It, it, when we think about the material that he's using, only God can do what he's doing. Only God can take what he's using and make it without spot. Make it glorious without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You say, yeah, but look at the faults. Look at the faults. You know what? When it's under the blood, there is no faults. That's why when we repented of our sins and we were buried in the name of Jesus, for the remission of our sin, that blood covered us. And he put the seal of our salvation on us when we received the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And he takes care of it. But uh, uh, here, you see, and we're living in the last days. And the, we're living in that church that he's building that the gates of hell. You don't have to worry about the church. You don't have to worry about the church. He's going to take care of it. No one going to take the church's place. There's none. You don't have to worry about what's going on outside. Oh, I don't, it doesn't make any difference what's going on. The children of the bondwoman are more, much more than the children of the, uh, of the bride. They may be running fast. You remember the scripture in the Old Testament when, when, when Absalom died? When they, he, he was going along and riding that mule and he was, he, he run under that, that tree and, 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 and his hair was all that beautiful hair that he had. There no man should have that much hair. <laughs> and it hung him. You can be careful what you 
how you groom yourself, it could hung, hang you. You know the story, and there were two men there, and I forget which one was which, so we just leave it up. And one of them wanted to go, and 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 and, and they told him, said, "No, don't go." And another, and they picked him out and said, "You, you take the message." The other one said, "He still said, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go." You know, he outrun the man with the message. But when he got there, he didn't have anything to tell him. It took a man that had the message to come and deliver. He might. That's one thing about this. You want to be sure you listen to a man with a message. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, so, you see, Peter, when... Uh, he was talking about the church, and we are talking about a glorious church. He said in First uh, Peter, the second chapter, in the ninth verse, said, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you. Now, he said, well, I think everybody I see around here is a little peculiar. Well, I'm, on to, I, I'm going to agree with you. We are all peculiar. That don't mean that our elevator don't make it up, that there are computers on and our DOS is not working. <laughs> that word means we belong. Something that is peculiar is something that belongs. My wife is peculiar to me. She belongs to me. I belong to her. Amen. You'll have to go back and listen to Paul for that. But uh, you see, we are. We, we belong. And he it is that has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And in our text, it said, in these last days, meaning the last days are not something way down there. They're up on us right now. We're living the last days. Now, whether it's the last days of the church or your last days, I'm closer than Sister Hobbs and my wife and I are closer than anyone else in here. This is our last days. But I believe he's talking about the church, the last days. And so he said, <laughs> uh, it's not in the future. They're upon us. We're, we're, we're living. When you look around, we're living these lists. That's why we need to be very careful. We need to continue to examine ourselves and look, to our, look well to ourselves and examine ourselves whether we be of the faith. And that's scripture. That's not Myers. We examine ourselves. We, we, every once in a while, we need to take inventory and say, now, wait a minute. Do I measure up to what is expected? Am I doing my best? 
old song said, have I, am I doing my best? Have I stood the test? Because one of these days, there's going to be a rude awakening. And there's only two kinds of people. Oh, I like this. I, I, I like this. The other day, the, the other day, Brother Weber, there was a, a, a man from India, pastor from Bombay, India, I believe it was. And he was there, and he, he was testifying. And he was talking about uh, uh, some of the things they were going through over in India. And, of course, they have all their problems over there. We have our problems here. And so you like to hear about someone else's problems. I do. I like to know that I'm not the only one that's fighting a battle. I'm glad to know that I have someone. Strength and unity. Praise the Lord. And so uh, he was talking and he said, they, they began to tell him over there, said, oh, we can't come to your church because you're Jesus only. He said, I told them. If I'm Jesus only, who are you? Because there is only Jesus only and devil only. You said, we, we, we in our flesh would like to broaden this thing out. But I don't find it in the book. Either, as the old timer says, either you is or you ain't. Is you is or is you ain't. We're living in a day we don't like to draw it that close. We're living in a day that we'd like to just make it a little easier for you. It's like the old billy goat over in the, in, 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 the, the uh, uh, sheep are over here in a pasture of clover and up to their belly and they're over there fat and chewing the cud and just, and just relaxing and nice and the old billy goat over there in this uh, over there in the dry lots and come on over we'll have some fun why would I leave this why would I leave what God has prepared for me why would I leave the thing that it gives me peace and joy and rest for the weak and beggarly elements of this world? Why would I allow a rebellious spirit to get in me and rebel against the very thing that is helping me? You see, it's... Uh, we're in the last days. And we're living them. And God's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And all nations are coming into this. Now, if it, it, so there's none, there's not any of us that has a monopoly on this. We ought to rejoice just as much over people getting the Holy Ghost yeah, somewhere else as they do here. And I know it is good to have children born in our, in our house. And we need them. Because I'm telling you, you, you get old real quick when children quit coming. Amen. And it, uh, uh, 
And, and if you don't, if you, if you're, if you, if you're a dairy farmer and you don't have, you don't have some yearlings out there in the pasture, you're out of business. Praise the Lord. But, but then Paul, what I, I'm getting down to what I want to talk about. Paul talking to Timothy, he said, "This know also." That in these last days, when God's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. In the last days, when your young men see visions and old men dream dreams or whatever it is. Your young sons and daughters of prophets. In these last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. Now, when we think about Paul is the one that told Timothy this. When you go back to Corinthians and you read Paul's account of what he went through, he was shipwrecked, he was in the deep, he was in perils of false brethren, he was in perils of his own countrymen, he was in perils of hunger, he was in perils of cold. And he, he was likely writing it from a dungeon when he was writing this and he was talking about all of this that was going on. Paul said, son, let me tell you, there's going to be some bad times come. Yeah, but Paul, weren't you beat with stripes? Didn't they beat you 39 times, three times? Yeah, but Timothy, there's going to be some bad things happening. You say, well, that sounds pretty bad to me, but it's not near as bad. See, that was done to him in the flesh. That was what he withstood in the natural. But there's coming a day, a perilous time, when there's going to be an attack upon the spirit of the church. You see, what attack that is. It isn't going, you're, you're not going to suffer. You see, the church grew under persecution. There was a time they tried to burn the Bibles. They tried to, they tried to burn the saints. They tried to feed them to the lions. They tried, you see, people lived for God in Nero's house. But there's going to come a time worse than that. See, the church grew under persecution. They tried to chain the, the word of God to the pulpit, and the only one that was supposed to read was the priests. They took it away, but that didn't do it. But that wasn't near as bad as what's coming here on the church today. You see, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Self-centered. Not care about anyone else. You want to know why there's so many divorces today? I don't need you. I can get along without you. And it's just not me. And I've got a career. I, I make my own way. Men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, 
wanting everything they see. Wanting everything they see. You see, Paul said another time, he said, there's coming a time that men will count gain as godliness. But godliness with contentment is great gain. John the Baptist, when he was preaching, they said, wait a minute, what's this message you're preaching? He said, be content with your wages. Somebody asked you for your coat, give them your cloak also. They ask you to go a mile, go two miles. You'll have to study into that to find out that, you know, that, that the Romans were in charge. And at that time, it was lawful for them to see anyone walking along the road. And, and, and their armor was heavy and their coat of mail was heavy. And so and, and while they're walking along, they just see them and say, here, you carry this the next mile. He said, if you're going to be a Christian, when you get to the end of that mile, and he reaches over for it, say, huh, I'm going to, I'm just, this is just free gratis. I'm going to carry it. I'm, I'm not doing it because I'm compelled to. I'm doing this for you. You see, that attitude has left covetous, boasters. I've heard people talk. And not long ago had a testimony. Had a young a young man came and was worried. And I could tell he was worried. He said, Brother Myers, I heard someone preaching the other day. He said, it bothered me. He said, I didn't feel right about it. I said, what, 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 was, what bothered you? He said, all I ever heard was I, 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 I. He said, I couldn't hear every, you hear any of the rest of the message for I. See, boasters, heady, stubborn. Not submissive. See, the Bible tells us submit ourselves one to another. But we're living in a day they preach that you have rights. If I'd have told my daddy I had rights, <laughs> he'd say, yes, son, you do have rights. You see that hole over there and you see that cotton patch? You know, he kind of, my daddy kind of liked hyper children. He knew how to take care of them. He'd give them a hoe or a shovel or put them on a cultivator. You got all that energy, let's put it to work. But uh, boasters, heady, proud. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Now you let me 
talk about that a little. I used to think that was just the funny folks. The doodads, you know. <laughs> the goofies. But I found out there's a lot of ways to be goofy. Used to be that we trained our children to let our dogs run. Now we'd rather have our picture taken with our dog than we would our children. <laughs> I think there's something wrong. You said, well, you said to start with, you're supposed to think more of your spouse. I didn't say you think more of your dog, you did your children. There's people today who'd rather have a dog than with a child. Praise the Lord. You'll have to go learn what they mean, but I'm just I'm just bearing myself today. I'm just seeing some you see, and you see, we're so high minded. We hear a lot today about what's good and what's not good. We hear a lot about well, internet's coming in. They're making it to where you can get TV and all of this on your computer and all that sort of stuff. And talking about that. And there is perils. If you turn your child loose on the internet, you're a fool. Best way I know of, if you... If you're not going to turn loose on the internet, for you not to have it unless you positively have to. But all of that, I remember when we preached against some things on radio. See, I'm a little older. Sister Hobbs remembers that. And there's still things on radio that you shouldn't be listening to. Whoever heard of Christian rock? There is no such thing. It's either rock or it's Christian. You don't mix the two. Man, Brother Myers, I'd hate to have you from a pastor. Well, if you feel that way, I'd hate to have you from a saint. <laughs> I'm trying to make an impression today. <laughs> a lot of things we used to not have to preach against because we couldn't afford them. <laughs> so much for that. <laughs> Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Years ago, Brother Edmund Dice was preaching. He, he was California, he was in, I believe he was in Oakland. Someone asked him, he said, Brother Dice, 
said, how's your Sunday school doing? In those days, they built churches for Sunday schools. You know, they, they, they'd go out and it's team teaching and all of that, and they built churches for Sunday school so that they'd have to have room for the children so that they, whether they had the Holy Ghost or not, you know, they, they, well, they found out that didn't work. But they asked him, he said, Brother Dias, how, how's your Sunday school doing? And he said, up and down. He said, oh, mine is too. He said, yeah, but not like mine. Mine's up in the mountains or down in the beach. <laughs> you see, when, you get, when other things become more important to you than the church, you're in trouble. You see, the storms that Jesus spoke of are descending upon us. And if you remember when he talked, he said, he used a parable, and he said that there was a man that built a house upon him, and he digged deep. Down, he dug down to the rock. And he said the winds blew and the storms came. The rain descended and the floods came. And they, they, they descended upon that house. And he said the house stood because it was on the rock. Sent another man built his house upon the sand. And the same identical storms hit that, man, hit that house. And that house fell because it was on the sand. We'd all like to think that we're on the rock. But that's what your problems are for. That's what your trouble is for. When the storms come and you can't worship God while you're in that storm, you're looking for a fall. Floods come and these trials of life descend upon your house. You see, it takes some digging. It takes some digging to get to the, on the rock. And the problem with the uh, unjust steward, there came a day that he was had to give an account. And he looked at the situation. You know what he said? I can't dig. And I'm ashamed to beg. Well, if you can't dig, and you're ashamed to beg, you'll never get on the rock. As we stand, you see, that's what's happening now. We're in the last days. If we ever needed to remember that them that are over us in the Lord, it's now. Because there's battles we're fighting. Paul said he hath in these last days 
James said, your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest, rust them shall be witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. And you have heaped treasures together for the last days. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. You see, we're followers. But we've got to be careful what we follow. The Bible says the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. You see, this world, this world is not going to make it. This world's headed for destruction. That's why Jesus said, or Paul said, come out from among them, saith the Lord, and be ye separate. And I'll receive you. I'll be your God, and you'll be my people. As we close today, This altar's open if you want to come. But I don't see anyone here that, maybe one or two that don't have the Holy Ghost, but I want you to think about your direction. I want you to think about what time has done to you. I want you to think about where you are now compared to where you were in the beginning. The old song said, if the Lord should call today, would you be ready? Or has Satan got you marked as his slave? It is nice to be insured while you are living, but are you insured beyond the grave? Have you checked your foundation lately? Have you looked to see what you're standing on? Because it isn't maybe the floods will come. It isn't maybe the wind will blow. It isn't maybe the rain will fall. Another old song said, Where would I be without Jesus? Where would I be without him? Well, I'm not... I'm worried about where I'd be, but one thing I need, yeah, I don't have to worry about where I would be if I knew where I was today. 
long as I make sure of now. You see, when you're wondering why this happened to me, you see, Jesus is the one that sends some storms our way. Because the Lord, your God, proveth you to know whether you love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. There's another old song said, there's a great day coming. There's a great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by. When the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for that day? When the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Ooh, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, que arrotondo, no, 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 no. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God. 
my God, my God. I remember, I remember the day when we would say, I can't take that job because it interferes with my church. Today, it's I can't be to church because it interferes with my job. I remember the day that I had folks in my church would call me, young folks, and say, Brother Myers, early in the morning, would you pray for me? Because I feel like I'm taking the flu and I've got to go to school today. Today, they call you from the hospital and say, oh, I forgot about you. I just wanted to let you know where I was. You young folks, before I ever got the Holy Ghost, when I was just at the end of grade school, starting in high school, we went to the Methodist church. Many of the young folks went to the Methodist church. You know what we went to church for? Plan where we was going and what we was going to do this next week. What party we was going to have. I was so glad when I got in the church and we could talk about prayer meetings without them being called. We could talk about the excitement of a revival and what we were, we were going we to get out of that revival. We didn't have McDonald's and Burger King and Pizza Hut's. We just had church. Oh, it's quiet in here. Isn't it? I hope I've provoked you to thinking. I hope I've said something this morning to help you. If I didn't, come back tonight. I'll work on it some more. <laughs> Let's stand. Lord bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.